Hi, I'm Jim Stroud, and this is my podcast. There has been a lot of talk about diversity and inclusion as it pertains to the workplace. Do a search on DuckDuckGo or some other search engine, and you will no doubt discover countless articles about it. Yet, as I review several of those articles linked to from the search results, no one seems to be talking about a new demographic of workers that will no doubt disrupt the future world of work. What is the population I'm talking about? What is the one characteristic they all share? Well, in a word, transhumanism. I'll explain what that is after this. I have a question for talent acquisition managers. How many jobs do you advertise a year? 100, 500, 10,000 or more? If so, let me give you a tip on how to maximize your job advertising budget. And that tip, well, is Click IQ. Click IQ's automated job advertising platform manages, tracks, and optimizes the performance of your job advertising in real time, focusing your money where it's needed most to reach both active and passive job seekers across Indeed, Google, Facebook, Instagram, and an extensive network of job boards. So, talent acquisition managers, if you want to make sure you are getting the most value out of your job advertising budget, I highly suggest you check out ClickIQ online at www.clickiq.us. That's www.clickiq.us. Or you can email me directly. My email is jim at clickiq.us. That's right. I was so impressed by the technology behind ClickIQ that I joined the company. I think you will be impressed as well. Again, on the web, www.clickiq.us or email me directly, jim at clickiq.us. You'll be glad you did. Wikipedia defines transhumanism this way. Quote, transhumanism is an international intellectual movement that aims to transform the human condition by developing and making widely available sophisticated technologies to greatly enhance human intellect and physiology. End quote. Hmm. Pretty wordy. <laughs> the organization uh, transhumanism.org says transhumanism is a way of thinking about the future that is based on the premise that the human species in its current form does not represent the end of our development, but rather a comparatively early phase, end quote. Huh. Sounds like the X-Men. Uh, the, <laughs> the definition I like the most is the one I found at CARM, that's C-A-R-M.org. They define transhumanism as the idea that human beings as a whole can be drastically improved in physical and mental areas with technologies such as cloning, genetic modification, bionics, nanotechnology, drugs, etc. The whole concept reminds me of an old TV show, The Six Million Dollar Man. Now, in that show, an astronaut crashes to Earth and scientists rebuild his body with bionic parts, enabling him to run faster, see at great distances, and lift tons of weight. It started off, uh, each episode started off like this. Steve Austin, astronaut, a man barely alive. Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. We have the capability to make the world's first bionic man. Steve Austin will be that man. 
better than he was before. Better, stronger, faster. The Six Million Dollar Man was science fiction from the 1970s. I'm sure you can imagine that the progress of technology is such that implanting technology inside of our bodies is not too hard to imagine. I mean, what are pacemakers? But pacemakers are one thing. They don't give someone a competitive edge in the workplace. What happens when the technology implanted inside someone does give them a competitive edge uh, in the office? Would they be seen as the most qualified person as far as recruiters and hiring managers are concerned? If so, how fair is that to all the other workers who don't have that implanted technology? And if they discovered, uh, the workers, that they were at a disadvantage, how would they likely react? Well, I have a case study for you. Oscar Pistorius can run a quarter mile in 45.07 seconds, fast enough to compete in the 2012 Olympic Games. And he did it without feet. <laughs> Oscar was born without the bones that attach ankles to knees, so the South African had to have his legs amputated halfway down his calves as a baby. Years later, as an adult, Pistorius runs on specialized prosthetics, crescent blades made of carbon fiber that attach to his knees called cheetah flex feet. As a double amputee, Oscar holds world records for the 100, 200, and 400 meter dashes. In 2007, he began competing against and beating <laughs> world-class able-bodied athletes. But amid his incredible success, some of Pistorius' opponents have objected. Here's a quote from a 2012 article on Oscar Pistorius. It says, quote, Late in 2007, the International Association of Athletics Federations, IAF, ruled that Oscar Pistorius' artificial limbs were actually giving him an unfair advantage, that their springiness allowed him to push off the ground more efficiently than a normal human ankle, letting him coast along at higher speeds using less exertion than other sprinters. As a result, he was banned from able-bodied competition. However, Thanks to subsequent research and testimony led by biophysicist Hugh Herr, head of the Biomechatronics uh, Research Group at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, the IAF overturned the previous ruling. End quote. I think in the future, the near future, arguments similar to this will be had at a workplace near you. Someone will have a perceived technological advantage and those without it will protest. In the end, however, uh, I think whatever brings more profit to the company <laughs> will win out. Consider this possibility. Uh, the car company Ford has their assembly line workers wearing exoskeletons which help them lift and hold car parts overhead. The exoskeletons reduce wear and tear on employees' bodies. As of August 2018, 15 Ford factories in seven countries are now wearing exoskeleton vests to reduce fatigue and injury. Now, I don't know much about exoskeleton technology, so 
take what I say next with a grain of salt. In the future, when it comes to hiring more assembly line workers for a car factory, experience with exoskeletons may be a requirement. If so, would someone with prosthetic limbs be the better hire? A careful analysis of data proves that people with prosthetic limbs are cheaper for a company to insure because, in the event of an unlikely accident, artificial limbs are easily replaced. As such, Candidates with artificial limbs represent a lower risk to an enterprise than someone with all natural born limbs. So, is it discrimination to hire those with artificial limbs or a logical business action based on data? Nah, if you think that is just too, I don't know, something, uh, here are a few more possibilities to wrap your brain around. And keep in mind, all of these examples are true. In fact, you can find the links to everything I cite on jimstroud.com. Back in 2017, scientists were using electroencephalography, EEG, sensors to pick up and monitor brain activity. A company called NeuroSky used that technology to take pictures and post them to Facebook and Twitter just by thinking about it. Taking that into consideration, who is more qualified to be a social media manager? A human with EEG brain implants who can post to social media at the speed of thought or someone without that technology implanted inside them? In a fast-paced political era and short news cycles, candidates with EEG brain implants are preferred by companies seeking every competitive edge they can get. So, that being said, is it discrimination for companies to give preference to candidates with EEG brain implants over those without them? In 2014, researchers from Harvard University were able to send a simple mental message from one person in India to another person in France, essentially proving brain-to-brain -brain communication. I actually talked about this before in an earlier podcast. So that being said, when it comes to hiring programmers in the future, companies will prefer to hire programmers that can work telepathically because they are more efficient. As a result, candidates without telepathic implants that empower brain-to-brain -brain communication may not be hired as much. Is this a discriminatory practice or simply the most efficient way to work? And then there are designer babies. Back in 2017, scientists in the United States have successfully corrected a disease-causing mutation by altering genetic structure of a human embryo. Purpose being, genes that carry certain diseases will not be passed on to newborns. I talked about this in an earlier podcast, too. Now, consider all of the ramifications of employing designer babies and the biases become apparent. Companies that focus on hiring designer babies can brag that they offer exorbitant health care benefits because it is unlikely that certain diseases and conditions would even occur. So the company can brag about benefits but not worry about having to pay so much for them. Designer babies tend to have 
IQs higher than the national average due to their genetic enhancements. They tend to be better educated since designer babies tend to come from wealthy families that can afford such treatments. Most of all, due to so many social advantages, designer babies have social connections which would be assets to any business development effort. Such being the case, is it discriminatory to target these individuals for high-paying jobs over non-genetically altered human beings? Or simply, the best business strategy? <sighs> the possibilities are enough to freak you out if you let it. Don't let it. If you love what you heard, hate what you heard, or don't know what you just heard, I want to know about it. You can leave a comment concerning this podcast on my website at www.jimstroud.com. In addition to finding source material and related information for this podcast episode, you'll find other goodies that I hope will make you smile. And if you have not already, please subscribe to my website. Your continued support keeps this podcast train chugging down the track. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it.